Thank you for joining us for Be Our Geek, where everyone is a geek about something and where we cover your pop culture landscape through our geek lens. I am Miss Shannon, here with my regular co-host and podcast life mate, Mr. Jayton Satia, Executive Director of the Twin Cities Film Fest. Hey, Jayton, I haven't checked in with you in a while. It's been like a week since we talked. How's everything going over there? Yeah, a week sounds like it's it's it feels like more than a month. Uh, it was just uh, we're planning obviously a festival right now, uh, some sort of a hybrid scenario. We're still working to the details. We'll have we'll have a festival. We're just kind of working out the kinks here and there, talking with some studios and what content might be available. And if so, do they want to show it in the movie theater or will they give us allow, allow us access to do something on our streams platform with privacy and all that fun stuff? So. It's been a it's been a challenging week. Yeah, no, right. it definitely seems longer than a week that I've talked to you. But uh, everybody's healthy, which is a good thing. Glad so I uh, hope you're the same. Yeah, you know, and we are doing well. My son and I are doing okay. We had a little drama over here in the um, the Paul camp, but overall we got through it. You know, kind of thing. We had the the loss of a beloved family pet, um, and so Cyclone Kid is weathering that challenge uh, as well as. Any 12-year-old on the autism spectrum could do. He's, he's being a champion about it, even though we know that he is highly impacted by this. So other than that, you know, just trying to keep things going. Very excited um, to introduce our guest that we have on today's episode. So he's a friend of mine. He's a friend of Jayton's. And he is one of those people that, Jayton, when you and I did this pivot to um, doing our podcast out of the Twin Cities Film Fest studios and doing this remotely, the benefit to that is that some of our friends that we had not been able to lock down and get on the show became available. And so this gentleman is one of those people. We are very honored to have Mr. Paul McGuire Grimes on the show today. Welcome to the show, Mr. McGuire Grimes. Thanks for having me. Yes, we're very excited to have you. And we know you from a lot of different places. Primarily, though, and I want to make sure that I introduce you perfect, you are one of the uh, amazing and profoundly knowledgeable film critics here in the Twin Cities. So you are quite full of all of the film knowledge. (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah thank you yeah it's a lot to keep track half the time and what is going on and this industry right now is unlike what we've ever have seen before so it's coming in fast and loose and how our studios reacting to things and how our film festivals reacting to things in movie theaters which are opening up right now and which aren't and right. knowing that there's no summer movie season and knowing that these big tentpole movies that i'm looking forward to are now getting pushed to next year or later in the year and it's all up in the air and it's you know, when your life is all movie not all movies, but so much of my life is about film, it's like, well, what am I, what do I look forward to this summer? And right. then it's finding other really great things, too, and just going with the flow. And, Paul, you have a fantastic internal database of just film knowledge. Like, when I uh, was talking to you about another event that we were doing back when events were a thing, and, and it was uh, in town, they do a thing called a secret movie night at one of the theaters that you and I both love, and... Just yeah. going through the the internal Rolodex of films that you have where right. you were trying to select a film, have you always been a giant like movie buff, or what got you involved yes. in this genre? Oh, when I was a kid, I like my whole life as as much as I remember. It makes it sound as if I don't remember my life, but <laughs> no, going back as a kid, like, I always have loved movies, and I was a kid watching movies and I would watch at the movies with Cisco and Liebert every Saturday night and I would jot down in a notebook where all their reviews went and how their thumbs went and like so it's cool. been a part of me my entire life my family would be like you're gonna be the next Cisco and Liebert and I would laugh at that thinking how could I ever be on a national tv show or like on a tv show reviewing movies so then I my kind of pivoted what I was going to do to become an actor so I went to school to be a music theater actor and I love the stage and I love film and I would combine all that to be an actor and 
then this was like the next like route after kind of not getting some theater work for a while. I decided to create a movie review blog and it kind of took off since there. Right. And that's Paul's movie trip, right? Paul's, Paul's trip to the movies is Paul the full title. Thank yeah. Okay. Thank you that's very much. That's just too long for social media handles <laughs> and I don't sure that's in social media <laughs> <laughs> but I I love that you've managed to and and I I applaud you for having your love and your passion be something that you were able to continue. Um I don't uh you know a, a lot of times you know, I'm not a big fan of always saying that everything that's your passion needs to turn into a side hustle. So I feel like you right. have managed to do a good hybrid of that, where you can still engage and be really uh, excited about this, but not have to worry about every moment that you're enjoying a film you have to monetize. Right. No, exactly. And it's I certainly don't make a living out of this. I have a corporate job. I have a part time job as well. So it's a lot. It's a very tricky balance. But right. I've someone that has worked in multiple jobs my entire life. So I feel like it's something I know how to do. And then there are sacrifices that come with it that I've worked on and channeled and still working on. Right. So it's all. I think that's something that you and I have in common, right? We've, we've both done the corporate things. My passion was, is movies since I was a little kid in India. So, um, but I never really thought about being part of the industry until I got yeah. laid off corporate America, you know, like in 2008. So I refound my passion. I'm like, why haven't, been I be able to focus on this before? Well, life gets in the way. So now you actually have an equal balance. And of course, I run a film festival and that's my job job. Yeah. Um, but my side hustle has turned into my regular job. And I've, I'm fortunate to be able to do that and able to share that experience with my son where I'm like, do whatever you want. You know, take a risk, take take a chance. And as long as you're a good human being with good intentions and you can more or less pay your way uh, and not have to be uh, contingent about somebody else's uh, income. Right. Yeah. You're, you're good. Do do you. Um, yeah. Travel if you need to. So I think you and I are on the same boat where you do what it takes to follow your passion. And if it happens to turn out where you're actually going to make money on it, wonderful. If mm -hmm. not, still going to do it because it's your passion. Yeah. Right. Oh, completely. And how do we keep doing that throughout this? You know, I thought, should I take some time off from this with because there's no new movies out? And then it kind of just... They, they were really streaming and then some studios decided to do virtual press junkets and I got invites to do those. So I'm still interviewing people right now, but through Zoom and I've got those up on my website and through Twin Cities Live. And that's that's been a nice kind of change throughout all this. It's like studios are allowing me to do more interviews now where they weren't really before. Right. And because now you have access yeah. without them having to buy you a plane ticket. And that's fantastic that they're going. Here's the thing. Yes. You know, yeah. You know. And I mean, that's one of the things we brought up before on this show, Paul, is that we're just... The thing that we are excited about, the un, the uh, unfortunately, there are a lot of ambiguous loss and grief that we are dealing because of everything that happened with COVID-19. But some people are being very innovative more quickly than they would have been. And there were right. things that they were going, well, eventually we would like to or maybe we should be able to do these things. But there was no sense of urgency before. And now yeah. they're going, what do we have to do? This is the world that we live in right now. How do we still make this, these products accessible? And I'm glad mm -hmm. that they're, you know, including you in that mix. <laughs> I am too. Yeah. Cause too often I hear like, Oh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, you're too small of a market. We're only going to go to Chicago or New York where now it's like, well, we're not, we're saving all this money. Let's invite the smaller markets and have them on this. And then they can still promote our movie and talk to those actors. And it's been a nice kind of marriage of all of that. Right. I think it probably is also good for your, uh, your vlog and your blog that you can now, people are looking for content 
even outside of the market. So they can, yeah. you know, they're more likely to find you and go, no, yeah, there's this guy, this great guy from the Twin Cities that I, you know, now I have time to do a bunch of searches and now hopefully some people are finding you nationally and internationally as well. I think so. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. And then when we do get back to normal, I've now built those relationships with these studios to then be like, oh yeah, we will send them out because we know his product. We know which show it's on and we know we can rely on him. Right. So. And as consistency, as consistency comes into play, you have to be consistent regardless of what the obstacles. So obviously there's a little bit, there's a pivot right now on like, what are we going to talk about if you're a social media creator, mm-hmm. if you're a content creator of any sort, um, have you noticed a pivot in your own, um, the, the selections of what you are talking about? Yeah. I mean, I would talk about streaming TV shows here and there, but now that Netflix is booming and same with Hulu or even HBO. When the pandemic really first started, that's what I ended up reviewing was new stuff on Netflix, like Dead to Me or McMillions on HBO or uh, Mrs. America on Hulu, which is one of the best things I've watched in this pandemic is because it's so stunning. But in order to kind of, because that's what people are watching right now. So let's be there as part of that moment and talk about those. And frankly, the medium of storytelling is sometimes a lot better when you have seven episodes to tell this arc versus two hours or 90 minutes to kind of crank out a fast story. And I tend to like those longer platforms right now is to dive into those characters versus a quick 90 minute movie that's up and down so fast. And I'm not, I'm not as invested mm-hmm. in a way that I think I thought I used to be, but now, cause I'm, I'm used to living with characters for so long. So how many episodes do you give a series before you start to think about like, I'm going to, push through this even though i don't want to because it's my job to actually watch the whole season versus to be like i'm i'm out i'm out i can't right. do this anymore i will usually do like a three episode taste test and if it's like three episodes in and you like you still haven't gotten me i'm not going to keep watching okay hollywood is a really good example not to poo poo that show but there was enough in hollywood that i liked by episode three that i was like I will finish this with some reservations. Right. And it didn't necessarily get better by the end. It's but you Ryan didn't feel Murphy, like you. So like, you didn't feel like you wasted yeah. your time. I'm glad I you said like that. I wasted my time, mm-hmm. but I was like, this should be better. But like, <laughs> dead to me, I knew instantly, like, I'm going to love this show. Or Mrs. America, episode one. I'm like, this is my program. Mm-hmm. I use old people terms, like old, you know, my programs. <laughs> you know? So like... I knew right away with that, that was going to be great. And the true crime, you know, like if I'm not hooked by like two or three, like that, there's also an issue there too. Well, I'm glad that you said that. And that was an excellent question, Jaden, because Jaden and I, we, um, we do not review, but we did sit there and we talk about, you know, the fact that he and I are both such movie buffs. We realized that there were a lot of streaming shows and just shows in general that we thought we would like, but we really just, it was a blind spot for us. So we started a thing called pass the password, um, about oh. a year ago now, I think. And so where we would give each other homework assignments on what series we should watch on different streaming services and then report back. And our rule was we said we'd give it two episodes. So you're much more generous than us. Um, <laughs> so we and, and we and I rely on people like you, Paul, because as someone who does not always control her screen time. Like my kid is very <laughs> in control of He's what I get to watch like, right. yeah, and what and, and also in control of how much time I have for focusing on, we'll call it adult programming. <laughs> like there's like, so if somebody like you or Jayton or somebody that I trust goes, no, give this one a shot. I'm more likely to pick yeah. it up because I don't want to waste what little bit of time I have on something I, that turns out to be trash. 
<laughs> Unless it's a well, very I, particular kind of trash that I'm like, no, that's my kind of trash. Like that Tiger King thing, absolute trash. But trash I found very entertaining <laughs> at that point in my life. I'm not saying that there's anything about it that should be uh, award-winning. It does not make you a better person. I was not more educated after that show. It did not have redeeming qualities. It was absolutely the Little Debbie snack cake of TV shows for me at the time that I consumed it. That's it. And that, and that was one of those shows where I accidentally cheated on my husband with watching <laughs> like Gene, I don't know if you and Una like have your shows that you watch together or separate or if you accidentally get ahead of something but yeah. I didn't know if Ryan would be into it at all so I'm like I'm just gonna go and watch this one day I like had it on while I was working and I told Ryan about it. he's like I wanted to watch that I'm like oh sorry like I'll rewatch it so right. then I rewatched it all over again with him and I still liked it more than he did but it's you know we, there's always the what are we watching together shows what are the Paul shows mm-hmm. what are the Ryan shows and like Hard trying to find that balance. I mean, these yeah, are so it's got to be hard. Yeah, it is. So Una and I have a couple of shows, right? We'll do uh, a family show like where we can watch it with our son, and then something that we want to watch about ourselves. So we'll do like Queer Eye with our son, yeah. just kind of watch that. These are again episodes that have again you have they have messages, and we can have a conversation yeah. with our son around, and then we'll watch Space Force when he's sleeping, right? Like right. we'll watch you know Steve Carell be Steve Carell and just <laughs> be be out there and so we just finished that so they're certainly like hey are we watching this or not i want to watch this but i'll wait yeah. until you and like yeah we, we again that's respect yes i yes. i <laughs> applaud you both because i have no one in my house that i need to respect i <laughs> i watch what i watch when i want to watch it right. you know kind of thing one of the benefits of being so tragically single like, like me right now what am i watching what'd you say 360 days is that on netflix is that a thing that's a thing that I-, <laughs> I just get to be in charge I, but i know that I, I i appreciate the way that you both articulate it that means that you are wonderful at relationships and that is why you are successfully relationship <laughs> and i am sitting in my basement by myself you know kind of thing i know that i do not have the patience to have that kind of conversation with anybody right now. that was very <laughs> respectful of you both to go should i watch this with you and i'm just like i don't even want to have to ask anyone so i'm not gonna and I know that well, that's my that, bad attitude. Know, so not anybody else. Is now that we're now that we're home all the time, right? we have more time to watch our shows. Where before I would be off to screening, like I'd work during the day, then be off to screenings at night, and there was always this balance of like we've got a couple hours free. Are we watching The Real Housewives? Are we watching quality television, right. or mm-hmm. are we watching a movie? Like that balance, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm watching. Uh, I'm, wa- I'm rewatching Battlestar Galactica right ah. now, just because I wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's been a while. I'm like, I want to, I want to rewatch it. So yeah. sci-fi has it and I'm watching it. I am watching for the first time in a million years because my mom got me watching this and you can find, uh, I'm rewatching certain episodes of The Walking Dead, a series that I did not watch um, because I find it terrifying um, and I'm not good with zombies. And so now I can watch it as, you know, I can watch it with my hands over my eyes. And then when it gets too intense for me, I can fast forward through it because nobody's here to get mad at me that I'm watching it in little chunks. So (laughs) I'm like, I'm watching enough to pick up the storyline, if that makes sense. I'm like, okay, and then this, and then Rick yeah. did that, and then that happened, okay, okay, next episode. Okay, and then this, and then that. Oh, wait, too many zombies here, whatever. Oh, that, that was gross. You know, and then I fast forward. Um, and so, and that's kind of how I watch it. And I, I, that's the other thing that makes me really happy that I don't have to share, because then other things that I am binging, I will re-binge because I liked them and I found them soothing, so I just decide to watch them again instead of watching something else. So how do you, Paul, decide what you're going to watch um, as 
I'm just consuming this versus I only have so much free time, so I have to watch or I should watch something else? Um, it varies. Okay. I feel like early in the pandemic, there wasn't a lot of movies that I was watching. So if it was just Paul time, I was actually going back and watching the X-Files because I've never watched mm-hmm. all of that through mm-hmm. and the original Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So like I'd never watched all of that. So I was kind of going back and forth on those two. And then around um, Juneteenth, they were I they were talking about Watchmen yes. in the first episode set of Tulsa. And I was like, I never watched Watchmen despite how much I bow down to Regina King. Right. I am making the time to watch this. So I put the other two shows on pause, watched Watchmen. Now that that's done, I'll probably go back to X-Files. Mm-hmm. But I've got every weekend there's a new movie that I'm going to watch for a junket. So that's kind of where my Paul time has been lately is watching right. something for a junket. So like this morning, I watched this new movie called Words on the Bathroom Walls okay. about a young high school kid that suffers from schizophrenia and mental health issues. So I'm going to potentially be doing that junket coming up. So I was like, I got to spend Paul time watching this movie. So, But I like doing it. So I don't feel like it's a work or an assignment or anything. So and it was actually a really good movie. Right. I mean, I remember when I used to go to a lot more of those screener films. It's very mm. rare that I, just because I could find something interesting in anything, I feel that I'm similarly where I didn't feel... There was only two movies I ever like walked out on where I'm just like, yeah, I just can't. There's no way I'm going to find anything good about this. <laughs> I feel like I'm wasting my time. Like normally I'll at least power through it. And so, so there's a couple. A, so was that a DC movie? No, Did actually, you, you know, I I do not like DC films. Um but I have not walked out on DC films. No, it was like it was it was years and years ago like and I can't even remember the name of it, but one of them was a super trash movie that had um Oh, Damon Wayans and um, uh, Lisa Kudrow in it. And it was a super oh. trash movie. It was trash. So like something Mercy or um, like it's a, I can picture Mar- Marcy X. Something. Yes. Marcy X. Marcy with something an I. Marcy like X. That. It was trash. Trash. It was just <laughs> all full of, full of racial biases and stereotypes and everything. It was just garbage. And I'm like, no. And I, I kind of figured it was going to be garbage because that's when they would do these, they would they invite you out to it. And that was one of the first films where they ever, like the screening was at like 9 p.m. And I'm like, that's because you want us to not be able to trash right. this before it came out. You know, kind of thing. Like, right. that's when I worked yep. on a morning show. And I'm like, they're always in the middle of the afternoon or 7 o'clock. They're not at 9 p.m. They knew it's garbage if they were doing it that late at night. Maybe they'll be sleepy and won't notice that it's trash. So I think that, <laughs> you know, and so back to, you know, so Jaden was, you know, when we were bringing up the D.C. movies, Jaden and I have on numerous occasions on this show, Paul, poked many holes in the DC uh, cinematic universe um, and the DC and you know I am a fan I'm not I don't hate on DC properties like I like DC comic books I grew up reading those comic books as a kid I do also enjoy DC's cartoon films like those I think they do a great job a much better job than even Marvel has done for years Marvel makes trash cartoons most of the time but DC makes decent cartoons if you're gonna go watch you know if you go back and you watch something on Superman or or Wonder Woman or any of those things and the new things that they're doing with Harley Quinn all of those things I do not like their movies I don't and so you know even the ones that I'm lukewarm on I'm still this lukewarm on so do you were are you a fan of just DC in general, and so it makes DC films palatable for you, or do you have a, a certain a, fish, uh, a reason why you're okay with them? Well, I think I'm 
more of a I'm a Batman lover okay. of all things Batman. So like yep. that is like my gateway, I would say, into mm-hmm. this new DC EU. Right. And I still have issues with like Ben Affleck as Batman mm-hmm. coming off of the Christopher Nolan movies. Like the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy is really like what I bow down to in terms of like superhero movies. And I think we wouldn't even have the Marvel movies or the DC movies if it wasn't for what Christopher Nolan did with right. Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. So then going into like the Zack Snyder realm, I think that he's kind of a bloated filmmaker. I mm-hmm. think his movies are too long and there's too much going on. Like they take themselves too seriously. Yes. But I think we're now kind of seeing, seeing the shift in the DC where they're not as serious like Shazam was, I, I didn't care for Shazam too much, but, but it was funny and it was lighthearted, which I right. liked. They have villain problems, which we can get into, but I Fair love enough. Wonder Woman. Yeah. And I love Birds of Prey. I think yeah. Birds of Prey is one of the best ones because mm-hmm. Margot Robbie is so fantastic with that character. And this new movie was such a, like, I think lover of diversity and badass women right. and like bringing them all together and that celebration I think those are, I think, maybe where the franchise is going. I hope which so. Which is what it started off was. You know, I think it doesn't, and I also think that the DCEU doesn't have that vision that Kevin Feige brings to Marvel to, like, kind of connect all those movies, where DC is so all over the map, yeah, in my I, opinion. I think part of the reason that I had problems with the DCEU when they were launching it is that they they rested upon the fact that we knew these legacy characters and then just kind of went, even though they were reimagining these legacy characters. So they didn't really make sense to just jump in that we would know where they were. And and I then they would repeat stuff. We already know too. Like we don't need to see bad or Bruce Wayne's parents killed off in every movie. Right. And we've seen that now. And then they even include it in Joker. And I was like, oh, really? Like, (laughs) too much. Right. We know that plot point. Right. And I think it's interesting when I watch those films. Um, I, you know, I, and I'm, I'm very, I, I read all of the, the, the Zack Snyder, like all of the, you know, we, we could call it controversy. We could call it, you know, a lot of things that are going on with all of that stuff right now. And I always find all that super fascinating because I was not a big fan of those films either because I felt like they were dark for just dark sake. But I do give him credit as a filmmaker for going there, like trying to make something yes. different. So I do appreciate that the film shoots for being like amazingly avant-garde and then it might fail, but at least it wasn't boring. You know, I just Mm -hmm. didn't like it, but I was like, well, at least he's trying to do something versus making a movie that's the same movie we've seen over and over again. For me, I like the, the thing about Aquaman, right? I like the visuals of it. The story just wasn't there. The story was just like, I wish there was a little bit more or actually a little bit less, right? Like yes. that said, like the visuals were gorgeous. And I, I, wow. I would watch that movie in the theater, no. but there was like, Ugh, I, I just hated don't that movie. <laughs> want to watch it again. Like a Marvel movie or any kind of superhero movie. Mm-hmm. I've watched Spider-Verse into the Spider-Verse so many times, Agreed. even with my kid, because it's again, Content is everything. You know me. We, we curate content. I curate content. You curate content mm-hmm. from your side, too. Stories at the base of everything. Yeah. And you have that. Then you accentuate that with the visuals and or editing and whatnot. So I think he I think he specifically, Zack Snyder, um, and, and, and any of the DC properties that are being made into movies, they focus on the visuals first. Now, they get it right every once in a while. It's like with Wonder Woman, they got it right. Right? Yeah. Like, 
1984, I'm hoping they still get it right. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm hoping. Um, and obviously, Zack Snyder's trying to do the uh, the the Justice League cut right now. Yeah, uh, they're releasing the Snyder cut. Yeah, the Snyder. I, After I, all these, but, just talking about it, I'm like, you. It's not gonna make that movie any better. That movie was just whack. Period. Like, what could he possibly do with the re-edit that I'm gonna go? Yeah, now. I mean, I was by the time we get to by the time we get to Justice League, like I I did not like Superman the new the the um uh, the Man of Steel movie at all. I thought that Man of Steel was again back to what Jaden said. I enjoyed looking at it. It was pretty, but I just thought it was dumb, like for very particular reasons. Like it's just, and I am a a giant comic book nerd. So I am very accustomed to suspending disbelief and going, it's okay. That movie is one of those ones where it's too hard for me to explain to my non-nerd friends why I like this movie because it had so many, that doesn't even make sense problems, in my opinion. You know, like that doesn't mm-hmm. even, I didn't like it. I did not enjoy, you know, Batman versus Superman either. I just thought it was long, you know, kind of thing. Like, And, that, and it wasn't even that much longer than any other movies that are coming out right now. It dragged to me. I just did not care. By the time we got and, to Justice League and stuff, I'm going, well, this was less terrible than I thought it was going to be. So I was kind of like C-plus on Justice League by the time it came out. And so, And what's interesting about Justice League is, like, I think we feel that way because Joss Whedon took over. Right. And, like, took out all the fat and then made it funny. Mm-hmm. So it felt lighter. But then with there kind of being this weird visual, like, part of this is a Zack Snyder movie. Part of this is a Joss movie. Yeah. And then you have... Henry Cavill's bad CGIing of his mouth right. because he couldn't get off of Mission Impossible. Where I think now with this Snyder cut that's coming to HBO Max next year, mm-hmm. we are like, how much are they gonna like reshoot this movie to then make it what Zach wanted versus like a cut of it? Right. And I think that's where like the USness right now is of this what it is. Like, was there enough of like what he that re-edit it together or are they going to be filling in a lot of blanks with reshoots mm-hmm. to then craft it to be a brand new movie? Right. Or will it be like a series? Like, I still don't know exactly what the final product is going to look like on HBO Max. I had not heard that and miniseries make- suggestion, Paul, before, but I would be on board for that. That sounds interesting. If he's going to go and make it this super long three or four hour thing, which is like what people are talking, this that maybe the miniseries would be more of a better platform for it than just a long movie and oddly enough i think the ultimate edition of batman v superman is actually a better in terms of story arc than the one that we saw theatrically Fair enough. okay mm-hmm. it like works better so we'll see and then recently we've had these reports coming out that joss whedon was horrible to work with on agreed just as i saw that this yeah yeah but ray fish who plays cyborg it's like he was awful treated everyone terribly which is not the like joss whedon um, that we thought we knew, of. right? Like, he always seems like someone like like everyone loved working with, and like he's got his like cult fans, and like where's this narrative about Joss coming from? But maybe that makes sense of why he's never been back to Marvel. I don't know, right? Like, and I've been paying just, attention to that because I am a big Buffy fan as well. So, and I was one of those people who thought that I, you know, as for you know, as much as you're a fan of somebody, and you as a fan of a person, you think that you know them. 
I was one of those right. supporters of Joss Whedon, like, so was very excited when he was coming on to work on Justice League. And so now to hear those stories, you know, and I've been trying to, like, read all of them because I'm like, wow, that would be terrible because there's even, like, you know, going back to, to Buffy, you know, uh, uh, actors and, you know, things that, you know, actors are saying that happened to them when they were on Angel that and we're going back to that. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate as well because, you know, I think that that's one of the things that I do hope since we have had this hard stop on movie productions and Hollywood, and, and I think that it is actually showing, you know, giving people time to sit there and go, well, there already were holes in the system. Since we had to stop anyway, why don't we fix this too? And so yeah. if that turns out to be one of the benefits that we have from all of the turmoil we've had recently, then that might be really good for the industry is that, you know, we – we before the machine was moving so fast that nobody was going to stop it in order to make any mm-hmm. repairs. We were just going to let the machine keep going because yep. I mean, people wanted content, actors wanted to work, directors wanted this. Nobody was going to sit here and take the time to stop it and go, absolutely not. This is a problem. Now we're going, well, we got to rebuild anyway. So since we're rebuilding, mm-hmm. let's showcase all of the things that were wrong and maybe fix those. So yep. you know, I was talking to a friend who works in the uh, in the more of the movie production side of things. And we were talking about those initiatives that are coming out, um, like with CBS saying that they were going to hire, you know, significantly more women and people of the BIPOC community and talking about diversity and inclusion and, um, and not just diversity, inclusion, but representation. And, you know, talking about that. And, and he was a little leery because he goes, well, you won't necessarily keep getting the best people. And I was like, well, not necessarily. And I'm saying this as a woman and a member of the BIPOC community. Right. Like we're you know, what it is, is that people before didn't have a path to that access and sit there and going now we're going to actively look for talent that has these vo- that 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 can showcase mm-hmm. these these voices. Then things might get done differently but still just as well it's just that you were used to things getting done a certain way because the machine was running and now hey maybe we might you know the machine's already off maybe we need to figure out you know let's change some parts you know while we're at it we just have time now so we'll see and so i'm i am you know i'm i'm curious about how dc uh moves on with like wonder woman I'm I'm confused with how some of the characters have come back and, and why I care, but that's partially because they were characters I didn't really like. And so so right. I all I want to see in a Wonder Woman me- movie is her and other women from Thermoscara. That's all I want to see. I mean, any of the dudes that are in a movie, don't care. Don't care. Right. We got plenty of movies that have dudes in them, and I'm a fan of dudes in general. Right. Just don't need any more. Superhero movies. That's probably why I disliked Aquaman so much is it rested on the fact, you know, like they were calling it, um, what were they calling it? Like mom porn or something like that. They were throwing it in that category. Like there was some, like, and they were like, and there was a, uh, they were using a particular hashtag that annoyed me too, where they were going, like they were trying to like just feed the fact that because Jason Momoa is incredibly handsome, that mm-hmm. now it's going to, that's what's going to bring in all the women fans. That's what's going to get the women right. now is they've got this hot guy. Like we weren't watching before and just having you not make garbage, you know, like the, I would rather see, as you said, birds of prey that shows, you know, women being amazing. than you had a hot yeah. guy show. I mean, I like Jason Momoa and like as another you know person that I like him in a lot of things. I did not like Aquaman at all. He's not hot enough to make me like that movie. Cause I thought it was poorly constructed. <laughs> 
You know, so it's just the whole basic movie is basically he's just him and, you know, they're his brother's mad because there's single use plastic in the ocean. And now we got a movie and then stuff happens. And that's just dumb. Um, But I do think we don't give people enough credit sometimes on what they can handle in a film. So that brings me back to I'm okay with Zack Snyder trying to go. Mm -hmm. You can do something that requires you to do more than just show up and see the same things we've seen for the last 50 years. And, you know, he's got his whole cast, like, very excited to come back. And I hopefully, if if Ben Affleck comes back as Batman, which he's supposed to, he's in a better place mentally Mm -hmm. and in his life to then take that role on again. Where I think part of why Justice League was bad was he was not there to play Batman and Bruce Wayne in that movie. Where maybe now, like, his personal life is better. Mm -hmm. He can be present on set. Right. You know, that's a very right way of saying that. Right. And what? No, I was just going to ask you a follow-up question. If there was yeah. a, a superhero that we have not yet seen from the DC world make it into the movies, in your in your you know professional opinion and personal as you love it, who would that super? What would that superhero movie be? Like, well, who would you like to see out there in a bigger sense? I don't. I mean, I'm I'm kind of accept, like I don't know. Like I I am not really a comic book person. I've tried and can't get into it. So my my. Geekdom and Seymour slowly comes from the TV shows and the movies. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited about more villains coming forward. The Robert Pattinson, The Batman with Matt Reeves. Yep. I love Matt Reeves as a filmmaker. So I'm excited to see like what he does with his villains versus heroes. Like knowing that Zoe Kravitz is a good Catwoman is really intriguing to me. And right. Colin Farrell as the Penguin is very intriguing to me. And like what will those design concepts look like? And then... There's going to be the the, Edward, the Ezra Miller Flash movie potentially coming at some point in the future. And now they've teased that Michael Keaton's going to come back as Bruce Wayne. Yes. And that's intriguing to me, too. You know, so, like, if we're going to see Michael Keaton back as an aged Bruce Wayne or Batman, how does that look in this new yeah. movie, in this new era? Yeah. Right. That does sound fun. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. That does sound interesting to yeah. me. And I, and I, I, I do think that, you know, it's it's enough to make me go... I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to get rid of my bad attitude and go DC can't make decent movies. You know, like they've shown that they can. So I'm trying to like go into things with a cleansed palate and give them yeah. more credit. Like you like all of the things you mentioned, like they're really coming up with some exciting things if I can just stop saying it's going to be trash like before they even make it. Because some of their things, I think like, a Batgirl movie could be good too. Yeah. I never watched Batwoman on WB, the WB, the CW. Mm-hmm. Just how like the WB, <laughs> yeah. the CW. You're a little old school but, like us, though. We miss the WB. The WB like, had some good stuff back in the day. <laughs> like a good Batgirl would be a great movie. And I kind of like if they were to make another Birds of Prey movie, they should involve her in that because she is oh, in some of those comics. And I think there's some really great actresses that could do that well. And I think they deserve having another Birds of Prey movie. I do think that that was yeah. a lot of timing, and they are right. They shouldn't have named it Birds of Prey. They should have just named it Harley Quinn or some like Gone with yes. What They Know. You know, I think you know, yeah. I, and and I would love you know as a purist, yeah, you want to call it Birds of Prey, but people just it got lost. It absolutely got yeah. lost, unfortunately. And you know, I think it's the same thing as like that Suicide Squad movie. Like Suicide Squad just got lost. Nobody got it. And again, I mean, Suicide Squad, I also call that the movie, the Will Smith doing the best he can movie. This is what I call it. Like, he he tried, uh, but they were like, they did not give them much to work with. It was a lot of exposition and just weirdness. 
Um, but and I, a bad villain. Yeah. Again, they have villain problems in these new ones, and I don't. I'm over the like CG villain thing. Like, yeah. don't give me a CG villain. Over. Like, I want a human being that has human characteristics as your villain. I don't want to see some monster. That's, that's almost like, more that's, scary. Like, like if not, you have a really good yeah. scary real person, you know, which I I, I agree with you that that is very impactful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, give me Michael B. Jordan as Eric Killmonger again. Like, that's a good human villain. I don't need whatever the villain was in Suicide Squad that was, like, this CGI monster. Deva- with, like, De- How do we Cara pronounce Delevingne, yeah. She's bad. Yeah. She's a bad actress. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. Like, she's not a villain. <laughs> well, I she agree. did that thing. My friend said it's like when you go to, like, you see a used car sale and they have that blow-up thing with their arms out in yes. front. That's what my friend said yeah. he that he thought she was like through that whole one. It just wasn't very well executed either with, you know, even if you're a fan of those comics and those characters, it wasn't well executed. So there were lots of things we'll, that they could do. And we'll see what James Gunn does with the next movie that's called The Suicide Squad. Right. Too similar of a title. Like, why yeah. is that the I think he's trying to, like, when I was reading into that and that decision-making process, because I agreed with you, I think they're trying to use it as a do-over and just act like that other one. Because the other one made enough money to them not to roll up the DCEU, um, but it didn't make enough money to make them stay in it. Like, it, like I was reading one of the... Uh, uh, the articles that was talking about the returns, like Aquaman made enough money that they didn't roll up the whole concept and start afresh. And I think that that's, mm-hmm. you know, why they're, they're picking and choosing some of these components to take out and go, well, let's act like that didn't happen because the best thing that right. happened, the best thing that happened in the suicide, uh, suicide squad, not the suicide squad was Margot Robbie, you know, Margot yep. Robbie showing up, going her thing, being Margot Robbie, that was great. Will Smith just yeah. acted like Will Smith. He was way too big for the part they had him play. It didn't even seem like yep. it was a character. It was just Will Smith was in a movie. Um, but Margot Robbie, okay, I got it. You know, did not yeah. need the Joker in that movie. That Joker we need to forget happened. We need to absolutely act like yeah. <laughs> we need to erase I that Joker. <laughs> right. And 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 who knows if that's like in the ire cut as they call it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, like people keep thinking there's a longer cut of that movie, and I'm like, but he cares? doesn't. I'm not no. giving him as big of a pass as I do Zack Snyder. Like, what what am I missing in his career that I'm like, you get the same pass that they get from Zack Snyder? He's he's made David Ayer's made some good movies and some trash movies. Like okay. End of Watch with Jake Gyllenhaal is fantastic. Okay, he made a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger called. Um, I don't remember the name of it. Right. It was terrible. Okay. See, uh, yeah. and that's kind of how yeah. I feel with you're him. really up and down. Yeah. What? So that's why you don't remember the name of it. Exactly. Oh, Sabotage. That's what it was called. <laughs> this is how my dumb brain works. It was called Sabotage. <laughs> I remember this Your brain still works. I still would not have remembered that one. I'd been like that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that you shouldn't have watched. Like, you're, I give you lots but of credit, Paul. <laughs> ask me about, like, real American history <laughs> conversations that my husband and I have together, like, out the window. I do not remember. So, we only have so much internal capacity in our brains, Paul. Well, as we're moving yeah. forward, I would love to get your take on, on these things because I do feel like I'm going to have to wait for your review when we can get um, the uh, review of, of the Zack Snyder cut, you know, once it's on HBO Max and have you check in because I have been, what I have been doing is giving myself license to know who I am as a person. And I will make mm-hmm. the best intentions to watch that movie and I'm not going to watch it until somebody makes me. So I just know it's and just I'm not going to end up. So it, 
And I'm going to go and rewatch his movies like this set of them. So like really with a fresh eye. I yeah. think when they first came out, I was so attached to Christopher Nolan and his genius masterpieces that like I need to just like here's Zack Snyder's vision of this. Right. And solely look at it with that lens to then think of what this new Snyder cut can be. Right. You know. Are there uh, are there films? This is kind of more generic right now. Um obviously the summer movie season has kind of gone, gone, gone downhill. Right. Are there films that you are once they get released, whenever that is, oh. that you're really looking forward to seeing? Uh Tenet to go yeah. back to the Christopher Nolan like his movie, like how he shoots movies to be seen on the big, big screen. I think he's just a genius filmmaker, a visionary that I'm looking forward to. Another one on a very different level with Halloween Kills. I'm a huge Halloween and horror fan. And knowing that we were going to continue on with what David Gordon Green and Jamie Lee Curtis and John Carpenter were doing, I was so excited about. Right. And then that got pushed to next year, which makes sense. Like, I understand. Okay. Like, but that was like, oh no, my Halloween got Aww. pushed. So like that I am. Um, I am looking forward to Candyman. Okay. Like, yep. I think that Nia DaCosta, I think she had this video that she put on Twitter a couple weeks ago that was like these like white marionette, like puppetry show as like a, this, I don't know, like it looked like a really cool concept of what okay. her movie is going to be. And I'm excited about that. All right. And so as we oh, wrap up, I have another question you. for you. Okay. Um, go ahead, Jaden. Oh, I, no, I was just going to follow up and say the one I think uh, I agree with all three of what you just said. I'm going to add um, No Time to Die. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know how I forgot that because I'm also a huge James Bond fan. Like, okay. we need to talk about that. Like, I know that that's supposed to be November and I'm just like, oh, no, they're going to push this again. And mm. that movie has already been pushed like 10 times and like got delayed and how it was like when they shot it. And but I am excited for it. All right. So and we will have you on. I would love to have you on to talk about James Bond as well, because we have not done a whole show on James Bond, so that would be fantastic. Oh, we could do that. That would be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of thoughts on James Bond. Oh, wonderful. And so before we wrap up, I did want to ask you one more question. Since we are living in the streaming world right now, let's say you have not thus far, if if any of our BR Geek uh, listeners are out there, if they have not already collected all of the streaming services, where should they start? Paul, if they just, you know, you go, here's the one that's really doing great content. Here's where you can just get the biggest bang for your buck. I mean, I would say Netflix because they've been around the longest. So okay. they have the most content and they've got fantastic movies like Defy Bloods by Spike Lee has been my favorite movie of the year so far because it's it's Spike Lee doing what he does best, making a movie about history and connecting it all till today. He shot half of it on film, half of it on digital. So like it physically looks phenomenal even through netflix but then they're making great tv shows like dead to me season two mm -hmm. lived up to the first season right and there's just so much content that they push out say what you will about their business model or what they did to the industry but like you can find really great programming and that's how filmmakers are getting their movies seen and then there's a great documentary called um disclosure again talking about representation trans representation mm -hmm. media is covered in disclosure and that's what all of that is about and i can't recommend that enough and then jane we you know queer eye again another movie that can just change lives and you see the work that they've done on their clients to better who they are as people and it's not just this gimmicky makeover show anymore it really is like this personal awakening for both their clients and the viewers to just open their eyes to new things and new life and how do we then think about our own lives in that regard too Right. I'm going to throw in Old Guard. Um, I just oh. watched mm -hmm. uh, Charlie Theron in that. Yeah. And when you talk about like real life superheroes, that is it. That's mm -hmm. what you yeah. want. 
that you is know, on my list. I have to watch that next. It's great. It's great. Good. Well, I appreciate yeah. all of the recommendations. And so we want to encourage everybody to go pay attention to your blog and all of your reviews. So it's Paul's trip to the movies, right? And the website, yeah, you know, that's where we want to go and find your website. So tell everybody where they can find you, Paul. Paul's trip to the movies.com is my website. You can also look it up on YouTube. I do a ton of video reviews. All of the interviews that I've been doing for junkets are also on my YouTube channel. And then social media at Paul's movie trip, Twitter, Instagram at Paul's movie trip. If you're on there, you can find me all there. And there's links all over the place to all of my content. Wonderful. We will tag you in all of that on our page as well. And, Jayton, I know we have some Thank good you. things coming up with the Twin Cities Film Fest, including the Twin Cities Actors Expo, which is going to be coming up in September. So what else do we have going on over there? Yeah, so we got the Actor Expo, which again, kind of almost like a reimagined uh, piece. We'll have some virtual, some in-person, obviously social distancing, and that'll be uh, in September. And then um, we're launching our Empower series. It's uh, BIPOC voices in the in the in the film community. Um, we're actually hosting a live broadcast of our first event, Empower Story. Excuse me, Empower Diverse Storytellers, a roundtable, and we're going to have five amazing. Um, BIPOC individuals who are filmmakers uh, from from all different um, uh, in, like background industries, from writers to directors to producers, um, talking about their history, where they are currently, and where they see see their future going forward. That'll be live on our Facebook, and I, Shannon, you're going to be the MC and the host of that. Um, so that's going to be in a week and a half on the 28th. Right. Um, again. Festival is still being planned, and then more details on, on that coming. It'll be a fun – I think this is actually going to be a really, really fun year to engage new audiences and new eyes on the on independent filmmaking um, and truly get immersed in the conversations that we'll have. Right. Well, I appreciate all that going on at the Twin Cities Film Fest. We always encourage you to be part of our BR Geek community. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at brgeekshow at gmail.com. And if you want to be part of our uh, uh, message roulette, you can call us at 612-276-2774. We encourage you to like and subscribe to BR Geek wherever you find us. Paul, thank you so much for your time. We cannot wait to have you Thanks on the show again. Jayton. I'm going to see you soon, so I'm not worried about you. So we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for listening to Be Our Geek, where everyone is a geek about something. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.
Hola, soy Andrés Cantor y los invito a ver la Copa Mundial de la FIFA. Vive cada jugada y emocionate con nosotros porque el Mundial lo es todo. Del 20 de noviembre al 18 de diciembre en español por Telemundo y Peacock.